0: Um, Really excited to be here. Today's podcast, today's live stream, today's interview is about leadership. We have in our midst a a leader who has thrust himself into the forefront of medical affairs. He has become become a um, driving force behind um, many of the opinions, many of the a thought-changing leadership that and, and conversations that are happening today. So if you care about medical affairs, if you care about MSLs, if you care about medical information, today's discussion is gonna be right up your alley. Uh, our guest today is the founder of ACMA. You can go check out his website at um, medicalaffairsspecialist.org. Uh, Remember, the S is not shared. It's medical affairs specialist. So it's two S's, medicalaffairsspecialist.org. And you can also find him on his Instagram at Will Solomon so um we we're going to talk uh about um just what does leadership look like this is the darshan talks live stream and i'm your host darshan kulkarni i'm an attorney i'm a pharmacist i advise companies with fda regulated products um but i am an attorney but i'm not your attorney i'm a pharmacist not your pharmacist will is a scientist he's not your scientist so this is neither legal advice nor clinical advice nor scientific advice nor business advice these are considerations, and they don't necessarily reflect the opinions of each of us, our guests, our clients, our hosts, or anything else like that, our customers, um, or our companies. Um, If you like what you hear, and this is important, please like, leave a comment, please subscribe. Uh, Please ask our guests questions. You can always find me on Twitter, Darshan Talks, or just go to our website, DarshanTalks.com. I'm really excited to have him. Will, talk to us a little bit about, um, well, actually, let let me me sort of prep this. Recent news was the fact that there, there was the Better.com CEO who went on and and um, fired, I believe, nine hundred employees via uh, via Zoom. As someone who has stock in Zoom, that makes me go, well, at least he used Zoom. But as someone who actually cares about people, that seems really callous. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I have to balance that against the fact that. A lot of those employees were probably working through COVID, so no one really wanted to meet either. So how do you balance this? Will, what is your opinion on leadership in a COVID world, in a world where people don't want to meet, in a world where you don't actually have those one-on-one meetings anymore?
1: So, you know, the the, the uh, some of the employees actually videoed the uh, the firing, right? And so it kind of went viral all over social media, on TikTok, et cetera. And I think you know, it's not so much that it was virtual as much as it was um, uh, very abrupt and maybe appeared a little insincere. And so I think, you know, to the point of leadership, I think good leaders are straightforward and can be honest with their team members. And so I think that's, you know, when when I watched the video, when I watched how he did it, it, and he might have been sincere. Look, I, I don't know the guy, I don't know his intentions, but I think it just, it came off as insincere. Unfortunately, you know, perception is reality, and so I think that was really the issue. Um, nobody likes getting fired, obviously, you know, and I think with COVID now, things are less personal, right? It's like, you know, a lot. I, the other day I was at a meeting where uh, the company I met with, many of those team members it was my first time seeing them in person, but it was also their first time seeing each other in person, right? So it, we're kind of in a new age now, where you know those interactions, those human interactions that we were so accustomed to years ago, uh, are kind of in the background now. And now we have to do things differently. So I think to me, being a leader today, one of the things you really need to know to be effective is actually how to use video, how to use social media, how to communicate in a different way. I was telling my team members who at the ACMA because a lot of us are remote. Now, we you know, we have a hybrid situation where some team members are in the office um, and then some team members are around the country, so they're remote. And um, I was telling them, you know, we have to actually think about how we communicate differently because before, when everyone was in the office, it was easier to kind of get up and talk about a variety of issues, whereas now you really kind of have to plan it out and you have to make a lot more of a concerted effort. So I think when it goes back to leadership and what happened at better.com, they probably should have thought about that a little bit more carefully in terms of some of the words that were used and the mannerisms. You know, uh, I'm sure you know this, but communication is mostly nonverbal, right? Uh, When you think about what people perceive when they communicate with somebody, a lot of it is actually nonverbal cues. It's not what's said. What's said is actually comprised about 10% of your communication. So being a leader... And being an effective leader today in 2021 going to 2022 you really need to know how to leverage and use these platforms so right away and be very cognizant and mindful of, of what, you know, how your message is coming across
0: see that's that's interesting you say that well and i i agree with you but i think that this is a unique problem that has arisen in the last two years and i 100 percent agree with you that in the end the, well, two things. I think in the end, the onus falls on the leader to figure this out. But the number one problem is no one really knows how to build a one-on-one personal relationship with someone through, through the internet, through video. Um, people have been struggling with this. I mean, salespeople are trying to solve this problem continuously. And, and as soon as COVID was dying down, for lack of a better term, and, and we can argue over whether it's died down or not. But Salespeople are going, we need to shake hands. There is no substitute for that. And and we've been always talking about it in the context of sales, but it's a different conversation in the context of HR and layoffs. But if they couldn't figure it out, what makes us think that we can do it in the context of HR and a humane way of telling people we need to move on? Because I think there's another element that, that really stood out at me, um, which is one of the things he kept talking about, about apparently, is this idea that um, individuals who got fired were, quote unquote, stealing from the company is what he said. And he said that that was because some of them were working only two or three hours with billing for the full eight. So obviously that's not something you want to have, but you also don't want to, that shouldn't be the first time you've heard that. And that shouldn't be a callous conversation out to 900 people. So how do you balance that? What have you seen as good tips, and, and how does that help people in medical affairs who are trying to build those exact relationships?
1: And not just relationships within you know, medical affairs with their KOLs, Correct. but even their relationships. I, I get a lot of you know, messages and emails from leaders about how do we build those relationships with our teams? So you hire, hire medical folks or MSLs, and you haven't met them. Yeah, yeah. you met in person. We're all remote. How do you build that rapport? How do you build that relationship? But even if you've met them once, you know, at an event or a meeting, that there's, there's that level of continuity. In the past, you had that. There was more touch points. So how do you continue to do that? And how do you build trust? Um, you know, I'm of the belief that in a relationship, whatever the the, the nature of the relationship, trust is ultimately built on experiences, and if you have an experience of a company where you feel that the leader has your back, Mm -hmm. the leader is there for you and means well. um, And you've had examples that demonstrate that generally speaking, generally speaking, you're going to trust that leader and trust that organization. Because as we know, you always hear people say, you know, I quit my manager, I didn't quit my job. Because ultimately really, you know, when you're working for a big company, uh, your experiences with your teammates and that leader, and you kind of our leaders are representative of your organization. One of the things I'll say, and just even coming from uh, pharma, and I worked at many different types of pharma companies over the years, there is not good training actually for leadership. Right? There's not good training for how to be a leader. There is training on management around compliance of the company, you know, minimizes liability and risk. And you can obviously appreciate that as an attorney, right? But there isn't that training around really how to inspire and lead others. And a lot of times you have to navigate that on your own. You know, remember we you know, especially in medical affairs, you know, our backgrounds are we're pharmacists, we're physicians, we're PhDs. It's not like we, you know, we really were trained on how to do these types of things. So a lot of times you have to figure it out.
0: So so you're talking about almost adding, I mean. In, in the last say 10 years, compliance has gained a huge role and, and, and that role has been insisting on mandatory training, making sure everyone's compliant. What I'm hearing you talk about is we need to have some level of leadership conversations as well, which is how do you train people to be better leaders? And if you hit a certain uh, level in your career, you need to take some classes on how to be a better leader. Um, have you had much experience about um, what i mean i've I've seen the tests i've taken some of these uh tests on uh um what type of leadership skills you have and how to do a gap analysis and the type of psychological person you are and all that kind of good stuff but that rarely fits into one-on-one conversations have you seen good examples of uh trainings that help people with that i haven't
1: i haven't And and i think i mean You know, I would say that out of of all the trainings that I've had, probably the best one is around situational leadership, because ultimately, you know, every person is motivated differently. Some people are motivated by recognition, right? Some people are motivated by money. That's just the facts. And um, not everybody, some people want a company culture, others don't. Mm -hmm. Um, You'd be surprised, right? There's people that thrive on going to a company dinners and events and people that load those things, <laughs> right? So you, you you have to figure out, I think as a leader within your own team, your own cluster, what's going to work. When you sit down with that individual figure out what motivates them and be careful not to draw a lot of assumptions of, you know, because of that. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, I would say it, we're lacking when it comes to having really strong leadership. I think what we do a lot nowadays and people are going to probably, um, you know, listen to this, might send me like messages or something. But they, we pander a lot. Yeah. We pander. And, yeah. and that gets, that doesn't get us anywhere. You know, ultimately it might feel good short term to pander to others, but long term to accomplish the, the mission of the organization. Um, but that doesn't doesn't help anyone.
0: So, so what I think of, and this is dating me, but you're talking about the difference in leadership between a Paula Abdul and a Simon, I forget his last name, Simon Cowell, Simon Cowell. And and you're saying it's great to be a Paula Abdul and, and help people and and make them feel nurtured. But in the end, you do need a Simon Cowell who'll tell you what what life is like to, to put a different example, a different spin on it. You need a Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank to tell you your idea sucks. Um, (laughs) Right,
1: because they're doing you a favor, actually.
0: They are. And he will tell you that 100 times during that show that he's yep. doing you a favor. But it's hard to listen to at that moment. Right. And and here's my question. If you are guiding a company that has a pivotal product, my question to you is, how do you, I mean, if you talk about situational leadership and, and sort of motivating people in, in, um, in unique situations. But... Is, is there, are there any conversations on um, how to lead an MSL team? And, and has that been something your group at ACMA has been talking about? And is that something that there's any guidance that you think will need to develop?
1: So we actually, we do training. Uh, we've been asked several times, we've done training for a lot of the big pharma around how to help a lead MSLs, what are the metrics to look for to help them, and then how to help them communicate oh. by, you know, internally to their leaders. Um, in terms of guidance around it, there's really no guidance now around it. Um, yeah. Now, you know, within the, the board certified medical affairs specialist or the BCMS program, we talk about leadership, we talk about <laughs> communication, et cetera. But, you know, in terms of strict guidances, there isn't. And the reality is that there is not. Um, and, and, you know, it's a good question you ask because leading an MSL team, it is, there's a little bit of a nuance versus, let's say, leading other you know, non-scientific teams. You know, they're, they're a different personality, different breed in some ways because their needs are different.
0: So, so as we go forth, I, I think we're seeing new and changing goals. So you've, you've got how to be a good leader. Then there's a niche of that, of how to be a good leader online. And then there is a niche of that, how to be a, a good hybrid leader. What do you think 2022 brings as we start entering in the last 15 days of 2021? What are the skill sets you think a good medical science liaison, a good medical affairs, a good medical information group is going to have in terms of good leadership skills? And what, what do you think we're lacking? And then there's that gap to fill as we continue.
1: I think one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things is being able to be okay with failing, meaning that you've got to take some risk. You've got to take some risk and be willing to potentially fail in the hopes of getting better. And it goes back to the example you gave on Shark Tank. You know, if I go to Shark Tank with an idea, they're like, look, your idea is terrible. Then I, you know, and I go back and I'm like, okay, my idea is terrible. I could pack up and go home. Or I could say, you know what, that failure might trigger me to do something better. What can I do better from that? So what I see a lot of leaders doing is they're not willing to take that risk. They're not willing to be the one to say, yes, I made that decision. I'm going to be accountable for that decision because they're afraid. And that's what I mean by the pandering. And and that doesn't help anybody. Again, short term, it feels good. You know, it feels good short term. But, you know, you're doing a disservice to the team, to the company long term. And that's why being a leader, if you're going to step into those shoes and you're going to be a leader, um, you have to take everything that comes with it, right? Not just the increase in salary and stock options. You have to take everything that comes with that. And that also means being willing to be more accountable, more responsible, and, and sacrifice for your team, even if that means that you're going to be the one that has to explain why maybe you made a decision that wasn't the best decision. That's, that's what I think we need in 2022 more than ever.
0: So I'm going to challenge you on that, not because I disagree with you, but because I think that we need to explore that a little bit more. The, the, the question I have for you is, yes, we want to fail. But in many cases, um, you're, you're struggling with a company that may have one product. You can't fail. You, if you fail, that, that not just reflects on your career, but reflects on a company and a bunch of different livelihoods that go along with it. So my first question is, how do you fail safely, if that's a word? And my second question is, um, sort of an offshoot of that. But when you when you raise the Shark Tank example, to me, what you're talking about is a difference between a Mr. Wonderful leadership, which is you need to get it right the first time, and the Mark Cuban leadership, which is sure. Let's bounce something crazy off the wall, see what happens, because things could really land up being really, really successful. Um, do you do you think that a Mark Cuban leadership in a scientific world makes sense. And I I recognize the fact that he's actually entering into pharma generic development right now, but let's ignore that for a second. Let's talk about MSLs and medical information, medical affairs.
1: Well I think you know that type of leadership, whether it's Mark Cuba, even you know Elon Musk, which I would say those types of personalities, that type of leadership, um, is not always Uh, Well received. I mean, if you, if I, so you you don't know this, but I had uh, my one of my cousins actually worked at Tesla, and dealt with Elon Musk. Yeah, he was one of the top engineers there, and uh, you know he explained that his management style actually was pretty um, aggressive, and and pretty demanding, but he was also very fair and very transparent. Um, Clearly, you know he's doing something right. Uh, Mark Cuban, you know, you talk to people that work with him. Same thing, um, and I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I, I think again, you have to balance that, but I think overall, for 2022, we need to have more transparency, we need to have more openness, and we we need to be okay with radical honesty. You know, so if your if you're if your manager, if you're, if your teammate has a concern, go to your teammate, be honest about the situation and let's figure it out I think you know where we live too much today in a day and age where people uh, kind of are, are always concerned about other people's feelings getting hurt we don't want to hurt other people's feelings I'm not, I'm not advocating for that but what I am saying is sometimes if you mean well for somebody and you and you're open and you tell them look you know you're you haven't taken that that stance as a leader and it's hurt us I think you can be better I think you can do better. Well, ultimately, it's up to that person, right, Uh, to step up and say, yes, I can do better, and I'm willing to step up and do better, right? Or they can they can be defensive about it and kind of bury themselves, you know, in the ground and say, nope, you know, I'm not going to take that feedback. But that ultimately is going to stifle their own growth and stifle the company. So I think for 2022, in the age that we're living in, if you want to be successful, you've got to pivot, you've got to take some risks, really get out of your comfort zone. That's what I mean by that is you've got to be willing to do things that might be a little uncomfortable.
0: So it's interesting. So what you're really talking about is this idea that a successful leader thrives in a company that allows for that success. And what I mean by that is you can fail and the company will tolerate failure if there's a bigger chance of success overall because every success usually has multiple points of failure because it builds towards a larger success. So you need to have in an environment that says, here's the strategy, here are the risks, here are the benefits. We're gonna try this, see what happens. If it fails, here's how we're gonna pivot because we we know that there's there's a risk of that might ha- that might happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's very well said. And I see it. I see many leaders who come to us, you know, no board certified their team in medical affairs, and they're and they're taking, you know, this 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 decision that we wanna be up to a benchmark a standard and so we're going to certify you know 200 people and we think that's important to do that is that a popular decision everybody no not everybody's going to agree and say yeah you know we're we're going to get not right some people are like no we don't want to do that um but that's where again that that decision comes in as a leader in that case to say well this is what i think is best for my team to elevate my team remember to elevate and get to that next level sometimes that can be a painful process You know, i always give the analogy think about when you were a kid and you first went to the per- playground with your parents you know you go to the playground with your mom and you're kind of holding your mom's hand you're shy you don't want to go out into the playground you know usually what would the mom do she might kind of push you off and try to get you to go off on your own she might go with you in the beginning but eventually she kind of leaves you you might tumble and fall in the sand you might fall off the swings But eventually you learn and you figure out through those obstacles, how to be independent, how to navigate, how to get to that next level. And sometimes what I find today is people don't wanna fall in the sand, right? They're afraid of what that's gonna look like. But that's what we have to be willing to do if we really wanna get to the next level within our organizations. And that goes really for, for I think any organization in any industry, but I think in particular in 2022 for the healthcare industry, for the pharmaceutical industry, which I'm really passionate about, as
0: you know. We both are, aren't we? Um, I do want to sort of keep this one tight. Um, We talked a little bit, just so so we can sort of recapture this. We talked about the importance of of a personal connection, the lack of it, in what happened in the better.com scenario. We talked about the importance of not just language, but mannerisms, and the fact that um, you can have... um, non-verbal communication meaning so much more almost 90 percent compared to 10 percent of just verbal communication and and the importance of leaders the the idea of inspiring and leading we talked about how you get approached um to, to provide industry metrics about what successful leadership looks like um and we talked about the importance of failing in 2022 we talked about uh, what a successful program could look like when you talk about Fair, transparent, and potentially punishing leadership, and we compared different leadership styles from Simon Cowell oh, to uh, to Paula Abdul to Mark Cuban to Mr. Wonderful, and and then we talked about the importance of radical honesty. Um, did I miss anything? No, thank you, <laughs> Perfect. Again, uh, Will, we are going to try to keep this tight. Um, I do hope people reach out. You can reach Will on Instagram at will dot uh, will underscore Solomon or you can go to his website at medicalaffairspecialist.org. This was wonderful, Will, thank you so much for coming on. This was great.
1: Thank you, thank you very much.